When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Fondra looking to get side of Fondra. Le away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the Elm Park Rolls podcast on a Friday afternoon. Well, there's been a lot of stuff coming out of the press today from The Athletic. We're going to be talking through that and the protest that is happening tomorrow in lots of different ways. But to help me talk through all these big revelations from The Athletic uh, is Nick Holton. How are you doing, Nick? I'm okay, Paul. Yeah, thanks. Um, just another normal, normal week in the world of Reading, isn't it? Yeah, to go 24 hours without some kind of odd thing happening, uh, is it actually possible or is it now a legal requirement? I, I do wonder. Yeah, I think now it's it's just, I don't know, something big is going to happen and it's it's what what happens with Reading. It's uh, pretty much a legal requirement, yeah. It's not, <laughs> it not is. the nicest feeling in the world. No, it is, it is bizarre. So the Athletic article came out this morning and i've got to say it was a fantastic bit of work there by phil buckingham a, a brilliant bit of work there when everyone else involved in that and i spoke to nancy as well what do we take out of that nick there were so many bits of information some of it we knew already but it kind of backed it up but what were your key takeaways from that yeah i think um some of it is fact that we know already um, but it's what led us to where we are now, mostly. Uh, there's some interesting take on club employees. I think there was more than one employee quote in there. Um, not, it's not really confirmed, but it looks like it's a couple of employees at least. Um, they're damning verdicts on how the club's run at the moment and uh, what goes on behind the scenes. And I think that, that was quite eye-opening, but I guess expected, but nice to hear that from somebody inside the club rather than us just assuming it's like that but actually getting that from the horse's mouth is uh quite quite damning and then there's also um a bit on selling players now cheaper um but holding on to them until january to keep the club running uh which is worrying um i think that maybe I guess if we have to do that, we have to do that. But it's just not a nice position to be in, is it? No, it's it's a terrible position to be in. Obviously, it also came out a couple of things. Da Young, his value in the club at between 70 and 80 million. Uh, Good luck with that, Di, because that won't be happening, will it? (laughs) Absolutely zero chance of that. 
Um, I mean, I only reason I laugh because it's my coping mechanism. It's the only way of getting through it. This is not a funny situation, but otherwise you go a little bit crazy. Also that uh, SCL, or well, partly paid for the wages last month, and uh, some of the funding for the academy. I mean, I don't know what to make of some of the other figures that came out as well about last season. The yeah. amount of money that were paid to four players. Uh, Puskas, Liam Moore, Lucas Jow, and one more, Nick. Yeah, it was Mate. Mate, £125,000 a yeah. week between them. I mean, good luck to them. Um, they've signed the contract. We've given it to them. I don't have any problem with that. But you do think you can't have any signs of a sustainable club with that amount of wages for just four players, can you? Well, no, Liam, Liam Moore was a notorious our highest paid player. He signed that contract just after he refused to sell him for, what, 10 or 15 million, wasn't it, to Brighton? Mm -hmm. um, you know, that wouldn't have been nice at the time, but it would have been 10 or 15 million in the bank and we probably wouldn't be in this position now and we wouldn't be spending 40, almost, I think it's just under 40k a week on, on him. Um, Mate doesn't surprise me. I think that's gone under the radar a lot because he signed about three new contracts within a space of about a year so he must have been just getting a massive pay rise after massive pay rise. And I just think because he's such a good character, everyone's just sort of let that one slide. But he must have been on. I mean, if you look at more, let's say he was on just under 40, that leaves you 85k a week between three players. So they must have all been on close to 30, maybe one or two of them over 30. That's uh, alarming for a championship club unless they get to the Premier League quickly. But it's also average footballers. Moore could have been a Premier League player at one point. Um, you know, Jao showed his quality to be a Premier League player. I don't think Mato's ever a Premier League quality player. Um, just a good hustler. And Bushgas was just a massive, massive flop, unfortunately. And we're just giving out wages. And it's not even just them. There's other players we've signed since Dye's been in. And uh, average players on high wages that have been stuck with, like Mark McNulty. And no offence to him because he's a good guy. But Dave Edwards as well. And spending money on these guys, Sam Baldock, another one, he must have been on 30-odd-K a week. It's just, I could go on. There's about 20, 30 players we've signed in the last five or six years that are just crap or average. And we've just mm. put too much money on them in transfer fee and wages. And we've just been stuck with them for years. And we can't sell them. We can't even sell them cheaply because no one will touch their wages. And that player, Mark Minolti, for example, and Liam Moore, they're going to know they're not going to get that wage ever again. So they're not going to go off anywhere. So... Yeah, and it's it's led to us spending, what was the article saying, I think 240% at one point above above income and then 220 another year and uh, two, I think 210 another year or something like that. So two, 210%. So yeah, it's uh, all led to failing FFP, which has led to the whole dice found himself in and his frustrations now not really fund the club, I think. Yeah, I, definitely. I mean, it, it has been stated today that it's believed that Dai Young has paid this week's, this week's, sorry, this month's wages. Mm. The wages have been paid, but I mean, that's just random, isn't it, from Dai Young? I mean, is it really yeah. him? I, I, first of all, don't know. We don't know. But also, I, he's getting zero credit from me because he's fucked it up so many times. I, I'm not going to give him any joy for that, Nick. I mean, it, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think Lewis Coombe said that earlier, didn't he, about the uh, coming from Dai. And it's weird because he didn't pay last month, did he? Because it was select car leasing and the Prem Academy grant money. Um, I think the months he's been late on it, it's just a bit weird if he's not 
been able to do it some months, but then he's just randomly done it now. Maybe it's just like a, a send-off for us, a nice little treat to pay the players for us. But it's it's one of it's one of two things, isn't it? He's either completely trying to fund the club but can't. But if that's the case, fair enough. I can sympathise three months ago, but just be transparent. Tell us you're struggling and look to actively sell the club ASAP. Or he's just refusing and discarding the club, refusing to fund the club and discarding the club like he's done with the uh, other two clubs under the umbrella of... Uh, uh, I don't know if he was fully... I don't think he was fully owner of them both, but he was you know, heavily involved in, in their under the umbrella system with those clubs that went bust. So, yeah, it, it's one of two things, but we can't sympathise with them anymore. Maybe, like I said, if transparency had come three, four months ago, fair enough, we can say, OK, look, you're trying to do your best, you're trying to sell it, but we've not had that. And we've just had that rubbish statement saying he's looking for investment. We don't want investment. We don't want him near the club. What's he hanging on to it for? We don't want that. No, I, I totally agree. It, if you're an owner, your situation can change. That is inevitable. That's life, isn't it? Uh, we accept that. But then you have to, like you just said, you have to get rid of the club as quickly as possible. Mm. And just to leave it dangling, basically. I mean, in Athletic uh, article also says that our monthly wage now is estimated to be around £700,000 a month. Um, I don't know where that stands in the League One because I don't know all their wages, but I would estimate that's probably still one of the higher, Nick. I mean, that's yeah. a sub substantial amount of money. It's it's not you know, groundbreaking, but you feel that's not cheap for someone to come in. You're looking at over £8 million straight a year, straight away. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's about 8.4 a year, isn't it? A million... Uh, which is a lot. I mean, the average championship wage is meant to be about 12 million or something, I believe. Um, just for context, we were spending at one point about 26 million in wages a, a year in the championship. Um, so more than more than double, which is where the 200 and whatever percent comes in. Uh, so, yeah, we're on 8.4 now. I guess it's under the championship threshold, which is good. We've got young players that probably aren't on that much money. Um, academy ones in particular that probably are still on very low money at the moment um but they're going to be deserving new contracts soon so if we're on 8.4 million a year now when for example nelson abbey is probably only on what a couple of thousand a week most because he's just sort of come into the team when he gets a new contract at this rate he's going to be getting on on par with the likes of the tom Holmeses now um you know he's going to be getting at more than double his wages when he's rewarded for his performances and if he is so that's going to jump up significantly as well uh, but it is coming down. I think that's all credit to, to the guys running the club uh, under Divo. That's Mark Bowen, who's, who's doing everything at the moment. And uh, I guess Brian Carey's maybe supporting him there as well. I'm not sure. But that's uh, one guy just uh, doing a miracle behind the scenes for us. Yeah, I think Bowen's doing a great job. Whether he's got like the best transfers ever, I'm not really so bothered about, to be honest, because... Mm -hmm. You know, he's actually trying to keep us alive. <laughs> I think that's far more yeah. important than worrying about, you know, has he maximised value? Has, has he got the best left back? Uh, no, no, he clearly hasn't. But will we have a team? And that's what we're hoping for. I mean, you look at what the players are having to go through as well. I mean, it makes it sound like, you know, it's just terrible for players. But if you're a footballer of a certain level of club, you expect to automatically stay overnight if a game is a certain distance away. Well, it appears that is now not the case. And even having food supplied after the games hasn't been the case after every single game. I mean, it's really basic, basic stuff like that. 
that makes you realize how bad the environment must be in some ways to come to a club like Reading when you've been somewhere. If you're like Charlie Savage and you come to Reading, you have to think of what's going on here at times. Yeah, it's uh, it's very basic things, isn't it? The overnight mm-hmm. sour pitch or a few good few non-league clubs are doing that. Um, and uh, the food after the game, it's, you know, you want to keep them in specific, specific dietary requirements as well. Charlie Savage, you just mentioned, and Ben Elliott too, they've just come from massive, massive clubs um, with the best academies in, in the country. Charlie Savage was involved with the first team at, at Carrington. He wasn't just sitting around with the under-21s all the time. He was uh, training and playing for United first team in pre-season, captaining them at one point. And he's come to Reading and they can't even afford for travel, uh, overnight travel and uh, food after, after a game. And it's you know, his dad is Robbie Savage, who's played for some very good clubs and second nature for someone like him. It's what they expect. It's, uh, yeah, maybe we spoil them. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's more of a modern day approach, but it's it's to be at the best and to be an elite team and to get the elite performers in and to attract them players, you've got to be telling them you're doing basic stuff like that, right? Otherwise, how are we going to keep doing that in January? Because the players we bought in, yeah, maybe they won't be... They won't all turn out to be good, but they're young and hungry, most of them, and we've got some good experience in. But we probably sold them a bit of a dream on the journey they can go on, and they probably didn't know the club was going to be quite the mess they are. And if we try to do that now in January and next summer when we're again in transfer embargoes, but they're going, oh, but you don't do overnight stays and uh, food after the game. Just basically, there's probably more to it than that. We don't do those basic elements in football. They're going to go to other League One clubs, other championship clubs, maybe League Two clubs, just to get a better quality of life in a footballer from those teams. Yeah, it's it's embarrassingly bad. And, you know, I, I know footballers in, in, in the main have a very nice life, but they've had to work very hard to get there. You don't just get there on sheer ability. Mm. And they have to make sacrifices as well. But if you go into a job like Ruben Sellers, said the other day you know we shouldn't be celebrating players getting paid or members of staff they're doing a job they should get paid it's like anyone else if you don't get paid it doesn't matter whether they're getting paid thousands of pounds a week compared to someone getting paid 300 they still should be paid just like anyone else so someone who has been putting in a lot of effort is Dayong pang he hasn't bothered to go up to bearwood in the last four months which uh, doesn't really surprise me. The man is completely useless. As might as well have one of the tennis balls we'll be seeing on Saturday instead of him. And also that Kid Jasham is quite frequently the main person that we use now to contact Dai Young. I mean, how has it happened that Kid Jasham is the man that could really be a guiding light to us saving the club and helping to choose the next people who possibly are invited to speak to the owner i mean to me that sends fear through 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 my body but let's hope i'm wrong let's hope i'm wrong yeah it's uh he's become an unofficial necessity in a way hasn't he because we we don't want him anywhere near the club we don't want him involved in recruitment and manager selection um and i think we've more or less done that now which is good but without him right now sounds like we would just be unable to contact Dai at all. Uh, and there needs to be some contact with him to tell him what we need from Mark Bowen needs and, uh, you know, where where we're at and 
some dialogue there and for the fans and players, even though we're not really getting it. Um, but without Kier at the moment, I, I guess we wouldn't get anything from that. I just don't think there's any... I don't think Dye is probably very happy with Mark Bowen at the minute. I'm not sure. I can't... I just can't make any sense of it. I, I just don't know what to say about it. But at the moment, it just does look like Kia is necessary to in the short term, just for communication's sake. Yeah, necessary evil, isn't he? I mean, yeah. it's the worst kind of evil that you'd want, really. But I, I don't know what else you can do about it. You're right, Nick. There's, he's completely needed right now. And I just feel really a bit depressed that that is the case. And yeah. scared and just, oh, it's terrible. Um, so, obviously, there's going to be a protest tomorrow. Out against the game in the game against Burton Albion. Now, you're obviously the main spokesperson for Sell Before We Die, Nick. Can you tell us like what the main plans are and what you'd like to see people doing tomorrow? Yeah, so it's going to be Reading FC in black, so it's not wearing club colours, uh, ideally in black, because I guess we're mourning the club, aren't we? But um uh, just showing that you're discontent with the owner. Um, there'll probably be some other stuff going around, chance as usual. Um, but there will be another sort of tennis ball protest. There could be other balls involved. Um, I have seen a few things going around about golf balls, um, but I wouldn't recommend that because that's dangerous. Um, we don't want to um, sort of get target players, uh, fans, stewards, staff. You know, we don't want that. Um, it's just to, again, send a message again as, as before, but, but more than last time. And last time went well. I think there was over 200 balls last time. I mean, they came from, I think, most stands, if not all stands, in particular Club 1871. Uh, but yeah, let's try and uh, sort of up the ante with that uh, tomorrow against Burton, um, spread the message. Um, I do want to say, though, I personally wouldn't want to see the game get abandoned. So I wouldn't want to see anything like that. I don't think that helps us in any way. That would just get us more points deducted. And that's what we don't want. I think that's the one thing which I would stand against personally. Um, we just want to send a message, you know, the 16th minute again, by the way. So this will be on the 16th minute. Do the chance, stand up in unison. If you've not got a ball, just stand up and show show how you feel and, and clap and sing along to the chance. Um, that's what everyone tried to do last time. I think this, the stadium did come together last time and the Bolton fans as well. And everyone more or less got involved. Um, but yeah, it's about just sending another message and up in the ante. Uh, before, if unless something changes drastically in, in the next four weeks, we march to the stadium. So more will come on that in the next couple of days, but we'll march to the stadium against Portsmouth as well in a month's time. Yeah, so I totally back everything there you said there, Nick. Um, I wouldn't want to see the game abandoned. As much as people think, oh, it would send out a message, it would be like the ultimate thing to happen. Yeah, it would be a disaster. I, I, mm -hmm. I don't want to see that happen at all. But I do want people to... I would back people disrupting the game i would um i wouldn't normally say that but i would definitely say we're at that point now because i yeah. think it's you know you need to get constant attention on the club get media attention and just make our feelings known and above anything where do those protests work as i said in my monologue pod the other day it brings a unity to the fan base and at the moment we need that because the club is slowly falling apart that's not down to the people working in it that's down to the owner and if we can have an afternoon when we all feel together i think that's a special thing right now i think yeah. that's what we all need and i don't know i mean there, there are still some people out there who 
don't believe that we should be protesting. And that's fair enough. I, I, I listen to that because I think you've got to take everyone's views, you know, take them on board, haven't you? What would you say to people, Nick, who say, oh, you know, I don't think it's doing us uh, the team any good on the pitch with the negativity around the stadium on a match day? Yeah, I think, I mean, firstly, I respect other people's views. Um, you know, I get it. But it's not how you feel. But I think uh, I actually take something from what you said the other day in your monologue, Paul. Um, it, it's uh, we can't sit there and do nothing now. It's it's time to step up and just uh, increase the pressure and get us see more. And I think uh, the other week against Bolton showed that we've got more uh, media attention for, from that after a bit of a probably a quiet spell. Um, and this will only increase. Um, and it needs to get seen nationally. It's you know it's good to see it locally to get fans involved, but nationally is where that will get seen and uh, potentially internationally. Um, we're in a real mess at the moment and we need to come together. Um, one thing I will say is I do think most fans are at that same point now with uh, in terms of just joining together and protesting. I don't think there's very many that won't protest. I think there's just, there are fans, and I understand it, that don't want to uh, do anything illegal still, which is fair enough, that's each to their own. Um, you know, there's fans who don't want to do something in the game, but will do something after or before it, and that's still good. That's that's still great to see. Um, so yeah, fully respect everyone's sort of um, views on how they want to protest, but it is time to for those that aren't, you know, I guess head buried in the sand a bit, it's not the time to do nothing. It's time to do something, even if it doesn't. There's people who say there's there's it, nothing will happen from it. But I'd rather try and do something and not do something at all. If the club dies and I've tried, I've, that's great. I'll feel good from that in a, in a weird way. But if the club uh, dies and I sit on my hands and my head in the sand, then I'll feel even worse the rest of my life. So, um, yeah, just do what you can. Obviously, please get involved tomorrow if you're going to the game with the, the balls. Uh, but do it safely and sensibly. Um, but if, if you don't want to do that, just stand up and get involved with the, with the chance, please. It's only for a minute or a couple of minutes. Um, you know, we're, the team's good enough to get a result regardless of if it distracts them. But Sellers has said it won't and hasn't. Um, and uh, he, he seems quite behind it without saying too much as well. So don't worry too much about that. Think of the club, not the team for one week. Think of the club for 100 years, you know. Um, the club will need to stand in 100. If we get upset over one little result and one little game, you know, when the club won't exist for the next 100 years potentially, what would you rather have? What would you rather see? You know, we need to make a sacrifice sometimes and it's time to do that now. Yeah, totally. You need to stand up. I think everyone should be doing it, whether you want to or not is up to you. But I think you should be doing it for yourself. You should be doing it for the people that took you to the games when you were a kid, maybe no longer here. And you should be doing it for the future, Reading FC fans. Because however good or bad we are, at least I have a team to support. And that's what we want. Just don't sit there and do nothing. Because like Nick says, if you... If the worst comes to the worst and you've done nothing, you're going to have to think, why did I do that? I just let it pass by. And this isn't a matter of who's the best fan and who, you know, who's the most law is the one who does the most protesting. It's not like that. We're all as one together. It's just do something. You know deep down that you want to. And now is the time to do it. So thanks a lot for listening. Uh, really appreciate it. And God save the dig. <laughs>